Hi, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Soul Food No Tea. We're your hosts, Latricia Nicole. And I'm Siobhan W. <laughs> we need sound effects. <laughs> All right. So let's jump right into it. So this is episode 18 of Soul Food No Tea. Wow. Um, Can we get a hand clap for that? Wow. Wow. <laughs> and actually last week was the anniversary of Soul Food No Tea. What? The one year anniversary. It's been a whole year? A whole year since we've been oh. out here feeding people's souls. Hold up now. Whole year and only 18 episodes, bruh. You ought to be ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. That's because it takes a while for soul food to be cooked. It's not fast food, right? Oh, I like that. Okay, this. Okay, you All got right. me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are going to be talking about um, God's plan in the midst of all of this, um, in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of the civil war, in the midst of all of these traumatic experiences or what feels like a traumatic experience. Um, and how could all of these things that seem to be so negative be a part of God's plan? Absolutely. And I know for a lot of us, we may can't see anything good coming out of it, or we may feel as though it may take a lot of time for any change to happen. But if you look back over the last few months, you can see that there has been a huge shift that has already happened. And um, if you don't look closely enough, it can be overshadowed. The positive that, that, that is coming out of everything can be overshadowed by, you know, everything else that's going on in the world. Right. So I think one of the biggest ways to look at this when we're looking at the grand scheme of like God's plan and trying to find or attempting to find um, the positivity in what's going on. And let me say this before we get started. This is in no way to uh, ignore or gloss over the negative things that are happening um, in the world today because um, it, it's, it's definitely devastating uh, if you watch the news and see what's going on um, the lives that have been lost, the lives that have been um, adversely affected by uh, COVID uh, the war against black men um, the war against black women, black people uh our black children so this is not to necessarily say that those things are not negative or that it's not but i think the the reason that we have to look at this is because when you believe in god and a higher power we are always taught um what's the saying um everything happens for a reason Uh i think that's the one we don't like to hear um so I know, like, um, just to kind of give, look at things from a different perspective, what could possibly come out of all of this in a positive light um, that's a part of God's plan? And how does this all work into God's plan for your life as an individual, God's plan um, for us as a group of people, people of color, uh, 
God's plan for just the world in general. But I guess more so for me and Siobhan, more in perspective of what's going on immediately around us and um, how this is all shifted um, and what good, if anything, that we see can come out of what's going on now. Right, right. And um, like you were saying, it's it's a lot. It's it's a whole lot. But um, when you think of what's happening and you think of how we can deal with it and you think of how we're going to deal with it and come out of it, and but still at the same time, keep the faith and stay hopeful, you know, it can be discouraging at times, but we have to realize that you know, change is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Change is painful and change is also necessary. So while we never expected to be, you know, in isolated uh, during from COVID-19 or we never would expect that police us this day, you know, um, it's, but it, I do believe that it's all a part of uh, God's plan. And I say that because um, in order to grow, in order to elevate, in order to be the best version of yourself, you have to go through some things. And God also has to pluck some things out of your life, if that makes sense. God has to do a lot of exposing in order for us to get the picture and for us not to go back to where we used to be, you know, about in a bad relationship, you know, or it could be a friendship, whatever toxic person, you know, the more that you just uh, continue to cover up what's happening, the, the deeper that wound is going to be and the harder it is to uh, deal with it. And, and when you bury it, like for instance, like we've been doing for so many years with uh, Black uh, civil rights, it does absolutely nothing but makes the pain deeper. It makes the rage um, more, uh, more. I don't know, just it makes the rage, you know what I'm trying to say, just that more deep and that much uh, more painful so that when it's all coming to a head, like what I feel is happening right now, you can't get mad or you can't not understand right. why people are acting the way that they're reacting. And I'm talking about, you know, the the clear folks that have an issue talking about they're rioting. No, they're not rioting. It's protesting. And how long do you expect to keep on oppressing people and keep on treating people so unfairly and unjustice, unjustly for so long before they say enough is enough. Right. Now we said it before, but this time around, like, like we, I feel as though we mean it. And I, I think, so yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. And I think that this time around, I would like to believe in perspective of um, the racial injustice in COVID. I don't think that it's a coincidence that everything that's happening now is happening at the time that it's happening meaning COVID happened it came through regardless of how you feel about it because I know that there's some people that think what they think about it all right so COVID came through you have a lot of people that I mean we're we're in the house and we in the house board like the song say 
um, a lot of people that are uh, have a lot more time on their hands because, you know, maybe they're out of work or work is, you know, the work atmosphere looks a little bit different. So when all of these situations happen, um, we had the Ahmaud Arbery uh, tragedy that happened first. Uh, you know, the nation, you know, you, you heard uh, you heard the black people, we look, we tired of it. This is going on too long. Okay. There were a few protests then, but not, you know, as many. Then shortly after we could, we really found out about Ahmad a few months after it had happened, if I remember correctly. Yeah, then there was a situation with George Floyd. We got to see that with our own eyes and that's not the first time that we have seen things of that nature for ourselves let's be honest we've seen it before there's always been a little bit of twist we might have had like a a protest on the weekend and then we go back to a regular you know corporate America regular work life as it is after and you don't really hear anymore about it they get a family uh, some type of monetary compensation for unjustly taking their loved one away and we gone about our business right I don't think that it's a coincidence that this is when it happened people are tired people were already frustrated people are were already you know in an uproar over the Ahmaud Arbery situation people don't have jobs to go to now so they have time. And I'm not saying that in, in, in the past we didn't care, but we almost as a black people were put in a situation to where we had to choose. Are we going to speak out and fight for what's right? Or we, we want to, we got to keep out, you know, we need to still be able to pay our bills. We need to be able to go back to work. Oh, they have a protest on the Monday. I'm not going to be able to get there on Monday. Cause you know, we could look in the comments before cause they can't say this now. And I'm talking, when I say they, I mean the people that think that this is, about rioting and looting and you would look in the comments online when, when we would decide to protest about what was going on and I will always see this and it always baffled me when people would say they don't have jobs to go to Why? that was all, always because you know for some and some white people really believe that black people don't work and we just sit around and collect government assistance so now I feel like I hate the fact that he had to lose his life and I'm never going to justify somebody losing their life unjustly. Never. So that's not the conversation I'm attempting to have. But when, when we talk about a part of God's plan, I think that the after effect of what happened was the timing of it all. I think it just came on the heels of you know, it was a lot going on and we are tired. And I and sitting back and thinking about it, I just think that it created the the atmosphere for us to be mad and consistently mad because sometimes we're not consistent with our anger. We we mad temporarily and because we still have to continue on with life, but life as we knew it had already changed, you know, at the beginning of the year. You know what I mean? So it was no normalcy, I guess you could say, to get back to. And I I would like to believe, you know, we see it every day now where there are a lot of policies that are changing. Um, I hate the fact that companies are acting as if uh, I saw the meme like black people just came out. I mean, you know, but 
I do think that we are beginning to see a shift in how the world is addressing how black people are unjustly treated. Um, and so I that's the part of it that I believe um, is a part of God, God's divine planning. I think that um, but I, I don't I can't say just let it come out like I want to because I don't want to be insensitive to anybody losing their lives but I think that the timing of it all that there was no coincidence I'll just leave it at that um, hmm. I just think that you know this has been a shift of how the world treats us um, and I, I literally just tweeted this last night on Twitter what I'm loving is the mask are finally coming off. How we treat celebrities—that's I—I I, I think that how celebrities have been put on a pedestal has forever changed. Um, I you you've seen so many celebrities, regardless of uh, race, religion, or whatever, be exposed for who they really are, and we really as as a society had gotten to the point where. To a certain degree, we literally started worshiping certain celebrities. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we even saw it in the middle of, you know, what was going on with the the racial injustices. You could log on to social media and you would see so many people tweeting or posting. Uh, have we heard anything from such and such? What about such and such? Oh, this person, look, look what such and such said. I'm glad she finally said something. We didn't need those people to say anything for us. The people that's mm-hmm. on the front lines protesting, you know, making calls to jobs when they seeing, you know, racist employees online making threats towards black people and this, that, and the third. Those were not the celebrities. Those were the regular, you know, us black, regular black folks that we had almost put at the bottom of the totem pole because it wasn't, you know, supermodel XYZ singer such and such. So I think that this shift it's painful to go through, but I really think that on the other side it's gonna be something um that we have needed for since the beginning of time that we've known. You know what I mean? Right. And to um piggyback off of what you said regarding the celebrities, uh I believe that Dave Chappelle summed it up pretty pretty well in his special 846, where he said that he was talking about how nine women were calling out celebrities. And he basically said that this is not for him to speak out on. He like he'll say he'll speak his piece or say what he's feeling about it. But this is the streets. The streets is handling it how it's supposed to be handled. What he has to say is not going to make a difference because the streets are doing their thing right now. And that just goes to show that we got so sidetracked in putting people who we see on TV and hear on the radio up on this pedestal that we forgot our own power. Right. You know what I'm saying? We're looking at them like they have all the power because they have this platform or they or they know this person or they are part of this network. But the power has always been within the the people, the streets, as Dave Chappelle uh said it. You know, if it wasn't for the streets, the people, you wouldn't even have entertainment and entertainment industry. You know what I'm saying? Because we as consumers, we as um, the viewers, we as whomever, 
we give to that. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's the same way as if you go into a store, like each industry, each business needs other people to survive, basically. Right. But what happened was we got lost in the sauce and we forgot what our power and what kind of power we held. And because of this going on, we were able to see the light that has always been there, but we just dimmed it for too long. Right. So now that all this has come to play, now that we've had time to sit down and stay still, which is not a coincidence, I really feel as though that was God's way of getting the world's attention. Because as far as long as I've been living all these 21 years, I've never right. had, <laughs> I've never seen like the whole world basically had to sit down, shut down, right. you know, like I was telling my son the other day, I really feel as though that was just God's way of getting everybody's attention because we had gotten too, too out of hand. We have really lost track of what life is supposed to be about. Right. So unfortunately we had to lose so many lives with COVID because, you know, certain people, certain officials in the United States didn't um, handle that properly. And as a result, you have your citizens are not going to handle it properly either, because if your leader is not leading, then what you expect. But that's a whole other story. Whatever. But I think even with that, I think that's once again a part of God's plan. We can't look at the politicians. To, I, I hate just to put it in layman's terms. We can't look at the politicians to make us wash our hands. We can't look at the politicians to make us, you know, have better hygiene. We can't look at the politicians to, to make us say, this is what I need to do for my safety. And I think that COVID showed us that. I think that um, the other thing that COVID showed us as far as uh, in a political realm is. <sighs> Is that a politician is a politician, and I'm gonna leave it at that. That's I think that similar to celebrities, we have started putting too much faith, too much clout, too much too much emphasis on politicians, and we would do it solely based on the political party, and then that's that. And I'm a leader at that. Because my personal opinion is a politician is a politician. Okay. Yep. So yep. I for me, I think that like Siobhan just said, the plan is for us to embrace the shift no matter how painful it is. Um, like Siobhan said earlier in the episode, you know, women can relate to this. It's like going through a painful breakup. You know, you might cry your eyes out, stop eating for a while, sit in the house. You know, you don't want to talk to nobody. You feel like the world, as you know it, is over when you lose the love of your life. But once you dry your eyes and you decide to take in a deep breath and go outside again, you realize that there was a whole nother part of the world that you probably never experienced because you were stuck doing things in that relationship that you were used to. There is still love and new love after you've had heartbreak. I think that that's the same concept with this shift. It's painful. It hurts. We don't know. You, you know, you don't know what's on the other side of it. 
but once you start to see the self-respect, you stop running after what you're used to. You stop running after the old ex. The old ex in this scenario is our old ways, the way we used to do it. You stop running after getting back to quote-unquote normalcy, and you embrace your new normal. I think that that's amazing. It's like Michelle Obama said, if you watch the Becoming documentary, uh, once again, be paraphrasing, but I think one of the young ladies in the, the the documentary asked her something along the lines of, how do you get back on track or something like that? You remember the part I'm talking about, Siobhan? Yeah, yeah. And she said, um, this is a new track or something like that. Like, there's no getting yeah, you make your own track. Yeah. You don't go back. Yeah. Track. You make a new track. I'm sorry. You make a new track. Yeah. And yeah. I think we talked about this in previous episodes. You can't have faith in God or whatever the higher power is that you believe only when things are going good for you. You can't right. look at, you can't, you know, when when you're blessed with a Tesla, you can't say, oh my God, God is so good. Look what God did to me because, you know, it's something tangible. And then the minute it starts raining on the Tesla, when you forgot to close the, the sunroof, you out here, okay, God, what, what you doing? I don't, you know, the same way you trust them when stuff is going good, as hard as it may be, you have to trust that just like everything lines up for things to go good for you, even when it's going bad, that it's lining up for something to go better. And I honestly think just for me seeing some of the responses from corporate America, some of the responses from the public, um, even honestly, the amount of white people who are, I hate saying it like this, but who it appears they finally understand why why we are so tired, why we are so upset. And I don't fight for white people to understand our pain and anger. Cause you know, that's like me stumping my toe and asking Siobhan to cry about it. You you never you might, you know, you might understand that I have some type of pain, but you don't feel it. You know what I mean? Um but I think just in them seeing that okay, we, we have treated them wrong and I, I understand it and they're not out here justifying it. Now, some people are just going to be idiots until whenever and that's fine. Um, but I think that that's a part of the shift. That's a part of the bigger plan. This is something in my lifetime that I have never seen. I have never seen... Um, I just saw... Uh, I want to say it was in Virginia where they declared Juneteenth to be uh, a holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a lot of corporations Juneteenth is going to be a paid company holiday um, mm-hmm. for a lot of companies so I think that this is a part of the plan we've had Christopher Columbus Day for so many years and they still celebrated they just you know pacified us by changing the name of it but that's another episode for another day um, so I, I think finally I see so many people now um finally getting out of the habit of I'm about to celebrate the 4th of July because the 4th of July was not for us mm-hmm. we really didn't have anything to celebrate I mean we we you know do good on the grill and all but we really never had anything to celebrate for the 4th of July mm-hmm. and so if for nothing else I see um, an expounded education across the board black and white people coming out of all of this and I think that that's amazing if for nothing else um, we're learning our history other people are finally I think they've been through our history but they're finally accepting their part in our history and our pain 
and um let's be for real sometimes that's all we we want as a people so um and to be honest, um, I was reading through some comments uh, the other day and talking about history. And I was shocked to see how many white people did not know about the Black Wall Street massacre. It was a lot of people in the comments saying, wow, I never knew that this happened. I never knew that this was a thing. Where can I get more information? It was a lot of white people who had absolutely no idea. And that's because our schools don't teach us that. And I hope in the long run, or even in the short run, run, whatever, that the the school system is changed as well. It's so outdated. There needs to be a current, a whole revamping of the education system, period. So so that's uh, gonna happen too. And not just talk about black history, in one month and then still give us all of this old watered down whitewash history that we're teaching to our children and they don't know anything about where they came from or where we came from we just know what we've been taught and then you only get the the watered down version of it so they don't even get that for the most part anymore girl yeah that's true too the extent of black history month is uh martin luther king and and rosa park Mm-hmm. George Washington Carver, yeah. So, like, like we were saying, so even though it's uncomfortable, even though it's painful, uh, it it was it, it was necessary because we've been out of touch for so long, and I think that even though it may seem like we're falling apart, I really think that we're going to, as a whole, as a whole world, going to come back stronger and bigger and better as a result. Now, the purging process is always hard. You're going to feel pain when you lose this person or when your friend who you thought was your friend uh, doesn't agree that Black Lives Matter, so you got to cut that person off. I mean, just take it for what it is. It's exposing, and it has to happen in order for us to elevate. So let people, let the map keep coming off. And what I ask that we do is once somebody shows you who they are, believe it and then move on. Don't harp on how they are. Why would they do such a thing? Because we, this is a marathon. We don't have time to focus on every small little detail. Like, well, why would, why would Susan not, you know, support me? And she's, you know, in my face all this time. All right. That's all it is, is that Susan showed you she doesn't value your black life. All right, cool. Let Susan go on about her day and you continue on and continue on with the fight with us. But we have big fish to fry, big battles to, uh, to take a part of. And we need all of our energy on the things that matter right now. That's right. So... Hopefully, um, this allows a little bit of perspective. Um, and, you know, like we we said, it's not to take away from the pain that has been inflicted. Um, but I think that this allows a little bit of perspective to kind of see, like, the bigger picture or to see the possibility of... Uh, the positive outcomes that are available from what's going right. on. So. It can also get us to keep enduring. No matter how hard it gets, keep fighting. Don't let up. Even when, you know, we see, we're starting to see certain policies change, certain people coming around still, don't let up. Keep going, keep fighting. 
until we get our our just do like what we what we need our fairness that's right keep just keep looking at the the finish line don't get distracted keep it moving so that's the point of this episode it's all a part of god's plan is going to hurt is going to feel uncomfortable you're going to be mad you're going to be sad you're going to feel a whole range of emotions but just know that's all a part of the purging process and we will come out victorious as a result and the quote of the episode comes from tupac shakur for every dark night there's a brighter day so. Amen. And happy belated birthday, Tupac. I miss Tupac. All right. Girl, my yeah. five, no, she's not five. My seven-year-old niece said the other day, I miss Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> so just imagine if he was here, like Tupac was still living, man, this would be, man, a time, man, I'm telling you. But, but I also think it's one of those, the bigger plan. I don't know. we Because we don't know because of where he was in his career that he would have been as influential to African-American culture if he was still here rapping. And what I mean by that is it would, it's easy. Like we literally just talked about the celebrities. It would have been easier somebody being alive to focus on all the wrong he did all the times he was arrested, all the bad stuff. We don't necessarily focus on that anymore with Tupac. Uh, And I think a part of it is because he's not here anymore um i think tupac would have still made it up because he's just so i just love him he's just so tupac he's so- like that's a very he's so tupac like i just love him as a person and what yeah still- i think him as a person <laughs> i think that he would have still been a part of the good fight that's not what i'm saying i'm saying oh, I do I think us as a culture, honestly, you know, like for my seven year old niece to know who Tupac was, and I know that they had nothing to do with his music. Because I've got so many jewels from Tupac off social media, we all know mm-hmm. around on social media was around. <laughs> so I, um, and I'm going to be honest with you, and I don't know, y'all might stop listening after this, but I was never a big Tupac fan, like as far as music. So the jewels I've gotten from Tupac literally came from like the stuff that I stuff that I know about Tupac now I did not I I mean I was definitely younger right. but I I didn't know I knew California love I didn't know you know about his history so and right. you know his family history with like the Black Panthers I didn't know all of that so um, but yeah so this is an interesting episode yeah, I enjoyed this. So keep on um keep on fighting, guys. Don't let up. Don't let up. That's the right. Until next time, you guys. All righty then, people. Bye-bye. <laughs>